Hello? Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. All right, everybody, welcome back to the latest edition of Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports presented by the Wolfpack Enterprise. Um, We have a jam-packed show for you guys today. First of all, week two of the NFL was an absolutely stunning week, breathtaking from every minute. Twelve hours of football, you can't really complain about that. But we got a bunch of great games, a bunch of games that came down to the wire, so we'll recap that. Uh, We'll recap the U.S. Open for you guys. We'll recap the weekend in sports and the NBA and NHL bubble. Uh, Also, the MLB playoff uh, race is heating up. Uh, and we have our recurring segments coming back. So we got the, you're stupid, and then the good, the bad, and the unlucky. Uh, so without any further ado, GTD, what can, I mean, what a weekend of sports it was. But I'm telling you what, every Sunday is eventful, and especially this last Sunday with all the injuries that took place. So, you know, let's just take a second here to really – Deepest sympathies for those affected by injury this weekend, actually, because, you know, in a in a year that we've talked about so many times of uncertainty and, uh, you know, and not knowing if we was actually going to get to see happen this year. Um, and these guys worked their tails off, you know, week in and week out to actually get here. And now you see it go down the drain for some of them and for some teams. It's, it's honestly hard to watch while us fans enjoy it. You know, the weekends, some are having not so good weekends. Yeah, uh, you definitely feel bad for the players. And, like, I don't want this to sound insensitive in any way to their injuries, but you also feel bad for the fantasy owners. So, like, it oh, is, yeah. like, that sucks. Yeah. Especially you look at people who just traded a house for Saquon and then he gets Shout hurt. Shout out, Logan. Yeah, and it, Saquon put up two points and he still dropped 160. Like I, that's, I'm just the unluckiest fantasy player of all time. Let's just get yeah. it out there. Um, but yeah, no, crazy, crazy weekend of injuries in the NFL. Uh, we will get into that. I'm surprised that you weren't busting at the seams to try to talk about this uh, AD game winner. Uh, man, I mean, it was it was nice by all means. Don't get me wrong. Um, I cannot say that I actually watched this game all the way through. So that's maybe one reason I'm not getting into it right now. Um, I'm no surprise the Lakers took a 2-0 lead. Probably should be a surprise that they had to do it by a game winner. So that that is a little bit of news. But no, um, I'm holding off on it just a little bit for right now. Uh, like I said, if I'd actually watched the whole game through, had some analysis on some of the other things that would have happened, maybe would have brought light in some type of way. Uh, but no, it is what it is on this forefront. I really don't have much to speak on, to be honest with you. I mean, I had I had a great setup yesterday outside, so we got done at service, came back to my house for uh, the 4 o'clock games, and I put on... Uh, Obviously, two games on the TVs during the 4 o'clock slate. And then Sunday night, I had the Pat game on a big TV. On a small TV, I threw on that Lakers game just to have it going in the yeah. background. So I really didn't pay too much attention. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, I got to give a shout-out to Intermount Cable for the internet being out for 15 hours yesterday so uh that's that's partly the reason that i didn't actually got a good night's sleep though was in the bed by 10 30 slept like a baby for the first time in months so uh, that happens when you can't stay up on uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah can't complain this time actually 
Uh, I, I mean, as much as much slack as I give LeBron, you know, I, I got to give him credit. He kind of balled out yesterday. I think he ended up dropping 26 and 14 or uh, something close to that. Anyway, double-double with high high 20s and points. Uh, he played really well. I'm still going to give him slack for not taking the final shot and giving the final shot to AD. I think that's kind of like a like – a, I think it's what? a scapegoat move, right? Like if he takes the final shot, if he takes the final shot and misses, people are going to be like, oh, LeBron doesn't have the – so I think it's kind of like a protective mechanism, like because the shot that AD won on is not a high percentage shot at all. Like Le- I would much rather have LeBron driving to the basket, hope he gets fouled, and even if it's a contested layup, like you much rather have that than um than an AD three. Like mm-hmm. it's just it it is what it is. So I do think there's kind of that protective mechanism there. But in hindsight, like maybe he thought that it was just a better shot, like a better play. But I just don't see it that way. So, and it always comes down, you know, we're not we're not really on the floor, so it's hard to get a feel of how they, you know, perceive things at the very moment. But uh I don't know. I think it speaks more to the testament of when we talk about LeBron being this game, you know, this team player. And this is the way I perceive it. He's not the type that's ha- like, I have to have the ball. It's more so of, hey, if I get the ball, so be it. But I also believe in my teammates to make the play when the play needs to be made. Uh, more so of him not having the Superman mentality that he once had to have because he knows he doesn't have to have it anymore. So I don't know. I think you can perceive it two different ways. You know, of course, the way you're 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 talking about and the way that I'm you know speaking on. But to me, if if it's Jimmy Butler making the same move with Miami, Jason Tatum making it, uh, even coming down to say Jamal Murray or Joker not taking it. I mean, I know there's two different di- dynamics like there, but AD man is still AD, and it's you know you know what I mean. Like a bad shot is still a good shot in the hands of stars. So I that's, don't know. That's a fair point, but going back to how you said, if it was Jimmy Butler or Tatum. LeBron is not either one of those guys. LeBron is in the discussion for the greatest player of all time. The greatest player of all time should not take a back seat ever, right? And Jordan was very much guilty of that in the other way, right? Especially at the beginning of his career where, like, he refused to give it up. Like, you look in that Celtic series, um, the game or the series that he dropped 63 set the playoff record. Um, yep. He would not pass. He, he wanted the final shot even if it was three on one. It wasn't until Phil Jackson kind of got in his ear. He was like, look, these guys are professional athletes too. They can make a shot. So if it's not there, find them. And that's how you look at like Steve Kerr and uh, Tony Kukoc ended up getting involved in game winners later in his career. And I think it's just like a maturity thing. But still, he was passing open to like three-point shooters who were open at the three-point line, not AD like – and again, I'm I'm probably grasping at straws just because I don't like LeBron. Like I'm honestly, playing devil's, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate, like trying to sh- like get the other side of it. But yeah, I feel like there's one, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, and then again, it comes down to nitpicking a particular play because at the end of the day, no matter if it's game winning play or just a normal three, it's still one play of the game. You know what I mean? So that that's that's one way to look at it. I know different situations call for different measures. Yeah. I get that. Hey, but in the day it worked out. It did. And that's it really did. that's really what it boils down to. Well, I'll tell you what also worked out. 
the Celtics little locker room scuffle that they had because apparently they have no chemistry. They hate each other. And then they come out Saturday night and put it to the heat. I mean, yep. The heat ended up coming back a little bit, but is it safe to say that Gordon Hayward is, is very important to this team? I think it was kind of like overlooked that they had got this far without him. And then they start to struggle against the heat a little bit. That's kind of funny how that works out where he gets plugged back into the lineup. And all of a sudden they get this offensive explosion. It's like, they never miss a step without him. Oh like, yeah. It's I think he's going to make uh, that difference in that series. I really yeah, do. I think they're going to come back and win it. In, in a player of, you know, Gordon Hayward's stature and top, you know, a man that can mean so much to a roster, when he's not in there, I mean, you're missing a whole different dynamic to an offense yeah. that you did not no have. And no when doubt. he's there, of course, he adds it right back. Now, a man straight off an injury, how, you know, how productive is he going to be according to how productive he normally is? Who knows? But we see the other night, it meant the world to this team. Now, the one thing that I'm still worried about this Celtics team, with all the talent they have, it's like they just cannot keep the foot on the gas pedal at times. And it, that's one thing that they absolutely scared. And that's one thing I love about the Miami Heat. I've been on record saying Miami Heat's going to win the Eastern Conference and go to the finals and do this and that. And part of it, man, is that defense, that late-game defense does not give up. I mean, these boys are having motors. Like, we seen Jimmy Butler not before, you know, the game before last. Four steals in the last three minutes, all converted points on the other end. Like, I mean, I think that's going to be the difference in this series, especially when the Heat are – is it at 2-1 right now, I believe? 2-1, yeah. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that series so far. Of course, like I said, the other night Boston played – Boston's not played bad in any game yet except for they lose themselves late in the fourth. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like exactly what you said. Like the Heat kind of have that killer instinct, and I think that comes with – they have a little bit more of a veteran roster than the Celtics do, right? Yeah. Like all, all the Celtics talent – I mean, Marcus Smart is still relatively young. Um and he's probably like the old head on that roster, like him and Kemba, and they're still like on the younger side. So, I mean, I, I think that's part of it, like the killer instinct for the Heat. The other thing is like the Heat just don't quit ever, no, period. No. You thought on Saturday night, I thought that they were dead to rights. Like I thought that they were toast. And then all of a sudden they come storming back, and I I, I had turned the game off. I, I ended up going over to this, this party, and I, all of a sudden, here come the Heat. And I'm like, I got to pull this up on my phone. Like, they're going to come back and win. Yep. Uh, the Celtics end up closing it out. But you, if you're the Heat, you have to suffocate any chance the Heat have. Like, you you cannot let them breathe. Because if they're breathing, they're going to attack you. It's just mm -hmm. it's who they are. I think, that has, I think that speaks volumes, A, not only to Eric Spolstra, but B, Jimmy Butler is just that type of player. I think Jimmy Butler is one of the most underrated players in yes. the league, period. And we've seen down the stretch here lately, you know, Jimmy Butler doesn't do it all offensively, but the man absolutely creates a spark on the defensive end. There's oh. no doubt about that. Here's, and, here, here's one. I have, I have a take for you, okay? I, I think this might get catch some slander if it, if it gets out there enough. I think Jimmy Butler is what people think Kawhi is. I knew you was going to say it. I knew like, it was coming out of your mouth. Like, I think Jimmy Butler is, like, the image that people have of Kawhi, like that is actually Jimmy Butler. 
Like Jimmy Butler is that player. He just doesn't have the rings. He wasn't blessed to play with the Spurs with Tony Duncan and them. And then he didn't get handed. I mean, all fairness to Kawhi, like he won the title with Toronto. No one gave him a chance. Okay. Obviously, KD got hurt. So that's a little bit of a, I, I don't want to call him asterisks because people get hurt in every series. It's, it's part of it. Mm. He did beat a hobbled Warriors team. If you give, if you put KD back on that Warriors team and they play that series a hundred times, yeah, I but don't even know how many but, of the Raptors but even win. but even without KD, that Warriors team still like a a freak team with all the stars they very have. Good. Yeah, very good, no doubt. But and also, wasn't Clay hurt? Also, yeah, he was definitely hobbled in that. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna. Do, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, should I say talk negatively about Kawhi in any form or fashion? Because we all know the player he is. I think Kawhi is just Kawhi because he is. Like we've seen <laughs> from his uh, offensive game, he has developed his offensive game the last three to four years as far as his mid range jumper, his three pointer, the way he attacks the basket. I mean, things just every every single season you see each aspect of that get better. Yeah. And on the defensive end, I mean, he puts the clamps down on anyone whenever the time needs be. Now, granted, one series here in the bubble, him, PG, just the whole squad just did, they looked like, you know, they had no brain. They was just sleepwalking on the yeah. floor. Um, and Jimmy Butler hasn't. So if we want to compare, you know, this year to this year, yeah. I can see the comparison, but now if I'm comparing Jimmy Butler to Kawhi in the last, you know, four or five years, dude, I just don't think it's a comparison. Like, I'd still much rather have Kawhi. I mean, I, I guess, like, the way I worded it kind of sounded more derogatory than I really meant it. Um, but, like, it really isn't that big of a slander if you think about it because either way – I think they're the two best, maybe outside of AD, I think they're the two best two-way players, right? I think those are by far the top three. I don't think there's a question. If you take offense and defense together, I think they are that good offensively. But defensively, at least on-ball defenders, those are the two best in the league. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I, makes, so I think they're the two best two way players. So even if like it, it's not that big of a step back, I just think that that yeah. Butler is a little bit better in my opinion. Just comparison, you know, I've I've never considered Kawhi to be the best in the league. Like I know the majority of people at one time did. I just never have. I think the two best players in the league has and has been for a very long time, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And I think Kawhi comes in. I think Kawhi's a lock top five. Why I think Jimmy Butler's top fifteen. Like I think there's yeah, that big of a gap between the two. I think that's also like it's kind of disrespectful to Jimmy Butler because I, I I mean you put Kawhi on this Heat team, do they go as far? Like I don't think so. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. And you know, vice versa. If you put Butler on the Clippers, do they make it farther than they did this year so i don't know a lot of I questions think, gonna rise. i think they may like honestly like if you do that because like then <clears throat> this is I'm not to come to playoff p's like defense any but like i think part of it could be like why he struggled so much in the playoffs is like <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> he didn't really he could never really get his rhythm 
Whereas, like, if Kawhi wasn't there and it's Jimmy Butler, then playoff P, then playoff P is like the focal point of the offense. Whereas, it's Kawhi now. So, granted, like now, granted, I don't think playoff P could find his rhythm if he was at a concert. Like, I just don't, I don't know if he could do it. Dude. He's fell off. I've not seen a player fall off so hard. I really had. He's had a fall from grace. That's for that's that's just no argument there. He has had a fall from grace, even even from his OKC days. Like, yeah. what has happened to playoff P? Like I said, he's he's man. not Paul George anymore. He is no. playoff. Well, playoff and P sucks. I go back and I think whenever he you know shattered his uh, leg that year, I forget exactly what year it was. I think it's been a while now. I thought that he was been, like back to form after that. Yeah, but I'm, I still makes me think, man. Like, is it just something that's going to linger? Like, was that the one instance in his career where you can look back and say, "Hey, you had Paul George, who was on the Nike commercials, known for hitting game winners. I mean, absolutely doing everything in the league." To, he shatters his legs out a year, comes back, and he's just—he's a decent, you know, he's a good player in the league, but he's not the Paul George of uh, of old. So, yeah, no doubt. I. So let, let's kind of wrap up our NBA talk here with, with these two simple questions. Okay, first, um, do Murray and Joker have enough to even make this a series, or is it over before it even begins? Well, it does not help they went down to another night. That That's something that even as a player, I think, when you're in the finals, like you're motivated, but at the same time you're devastated because you know yeah. you're at. But now, then again, let's not forget, this team has won two series to make it here, came, coming from 3-1. So I do think they got enough to make it a series, actually. I think we've seen that the other night. You know, they put the Lakers in a spot where they had to make a desperation shot to even win game two. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be a little pissed off, actually. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to play good ball. And I think they're going to – now, will it go to seven, perhaps? I don't know. I'm honestly calling Lakers in six. I got Lakers 4-2. Um, but, yeah, I think – but still, even when you're playing a 3-2 game, you're playing to push to seven. So, it's a series. You know what yeah, I mean? It's a good series. So. Yeah, I, I think that's respectable. I think if they can get it to a game six, uh, it would be considered a success. I mean, the season's already considered a success for the – for the Nuggets anyway. I mean, no one thought that they would be oh, yeah. this far. So, I mean, it was a good year for them. I think they're one or two pieces away from really being able to compete. Because um, especially, like, I don't think – if the Nuggets do win the series by some miracle, I don't think there's a shot that they beat either the Heat or the Celtics. I just – I don't think they have the depth to do don't it. Don't think so? No. So, my, my reasoning behind that is, like, the Lakers are not – Overly scary defensively, especially their guards. Like, nothing's going to really intimidate Jamal Murray, right? The AD's a bad matchup for Joker, and Joker is still getting his. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. But no one is really, like, on-ball pressure on Murray enough that's going to force him to sway from his game. He's still getting his, too. I think he dropped 30 the other night. Yeah, he's going to get his. They're going off. Now, the Celtics and the Heat. Both have on-ball defenders that are way better than what the Lakers can produce as far as guards go. So, I mean, you're looking at Marcus Smart guarding Jamal Murray. I don't, I don't think that's a very favorable matchup for Murray at all. And then you look on the other side with the Heat, Jimmy Butler. We just got done praising him for like 
15 minutes there for a second. So yeah. I, I really don't like the matchup for the Nuggets. Uh, I think that it's going to be about, I'm I'm on record of saying no matter who wins the West, the East wins anyway. But if the Nuggets win, I think it's a sweep. I think the East wins in a oh, sweep. Man. I don't know who it is. Nuggets end up winning. I, I, I just think, like, defensively, the Celtics and the Heat are just so good. Like, they play great defensive basketball. Oh, yeah. The one, yeah. the one outlier in that – uh, Lakers Celtics series. If that does happen, I Marcus Smart guarding LeBron is not going to be a great matchup. Like Marcus Smart's a great defender, I get it, but like the size difference there is tough. Okay. So you're going to have to put Gordon Hayward on LeBron, and that just that that can't happen either. I I don't know what they're going to do if that's the case. You're going to have to run some kind of a, a matchup zone against the Lakers if you're the Celtics. But they have the depth to be able to do that. But also, you're not going to be comfortable giving the Lakers that much room to shoot. So the zone would be tough. All I I can say is, man, I'm pumped for the finals. I I think it could be any combination of two of the four, and I think it's going to be good. That's just me, though. Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess my my second question, I kind of got ahead of myself there. Um, So we talked about in the West if we think that the Nuggets can come back. Um, Did we see enough on Saturday to say that this series is definitely going to go seven in the East? I think I did. I think I think the series is going seven. Okay. Well, I'd I'd be shocked if the series doesn't go seven. I told you whenever we first predicting this series, I was like, to me, it's got to go seven. Like these two ball teams are so deep. You know, they they go back and forth throwing punches at one another and seems like both respond. Um, so I think in the end, it's going to be it's going to be that round 12, like who's got enough stamina to throw that last good punch. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And I think the heat, I think the heat's going to have enough in their tank. to do it. So I'm still sticking with my heat and seven. But yes, I do think this is a seven game series. No doubt about it. Yeah, uh, um, I agree. I think it's going to go seven. I think the Celtics end up punching their ticket, uh, but we'll see. You know, uh, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited to watch this. That's for sure. I don't understand the big. Lay- we were talking to it pre-show. I don't understand the big layoff like in games. I don't either. Like, it's they just weird. played. They played Saturday and they don't play again until Wednesday. So we'll record like, another show before they even play again. Well, like the Lakers play tomorrow on Tuesday, mm-hmm. then they come back Thursday and play. So, like, uh, they're getting that gap, and then, you know, boom, boom, like, day after. Like, that's normally how they they play. I, I Yeah, I don't understand why they're – I think they're trying to, like, simulate, like, if they were traveling, like, back and forth. But, no, because even then that wouldn't make sense because well, it's too boring. Yeah, Boston-Miami played on, what, the 19th, which was – when was Saturday. that? Yeah, they Saturday. Bad, yeah. They don't play to Wednesday now, so I don't know. I couldn't explain the scheduling to you. So seems goofy to me. Seems like a big miss. But anyway, uh, I'm excited to see how that plays out. I'm sure you are. Either way, one of us was right because you picked <laughs> Heat. You picked the Heat at the beginning of the whole playoffs to go, and I picked the Celtics at the beginning of yep. the playoffs to go. So no matter what, one of us on the pod was right. So that's kind of cool. Um, 
but anyway, let's kind of transition here. I'll get the NHL spiel out of the way. Uh, so obviously we're in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we got the Lightning and the Stars facing off. Game one was Saturday evening. Um, honestly, I look like a big doofus now because I said on last week's uh, show on Thursday, I think it was we recorded, I said that the Stars don't have a shot to beat the Lightning. Yeah, I said I did actually hear that. I said that the Lightning are going to run away with this series. It's not going to be close. Um, they just have too much talent. And then Dobby just comes out and stands on his head against the Bolts. Like some of the saves that he made against Tampa on Saturday night, just they had my jaw on the floor. It was disgusting. Um, the, I, I was afraid of this when I made that take. I think that the Stars have a little bit more of that grit, that physicality to their game that Tampa has been lacking. You know, Tampa is a finesse team. They're, they're going to skate circles around you, but they're not going to put hands on you. They're not really going to get much – uh, they're not really going to give you many, many uh, checks in the neutral zone. Like, I, I just, I, it's a bad matchup, I guess, for Tampa, and and that's kind of scary. Now, in saying that, if Dobby doesn't stand on his head, the Lightning win this game very easily. I mean, it, it's just, it is what it is. Dobby made some of the most disgusting saves I've ever seen. Like I said, I mean, this man, but that is what it takes to win in in. The Stanley Cup Finals. Like, if your attendee isn't hot, you're not going to win. That's how it's been since hockey first started. That's how it'll be until the day that hockey plays its final game, period. If you don't have a hot attendee, you're not winning. Um, and the Stars do, so it'll be interesting to see. Also, Pat Maroon, they were, they were down 3-1 going into the second intermission, and Pat Maroon fired a puck into the Stars bench. Like, it hit um, – I forget who it hit. It hit someone in the jaw, and they looked at him. And there's some bad blood. Like, this series is going to get really chippy. I'm excited. Uh, I think the next game is actually tonight, right after we get done recording. I'll have to throw that on. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I still think the Lightning win the series, but I'd be shocked if this doesn't go seven now. Um, I, I just think that Kucherov has to get going. The Lightning have just way too much talent. I mean, you got – Kevin Shattenkirk and your third defensive pair, like that's that's a cheat code. That's just not fair. Uh, but anyway, I will I will leave my NHL talk at that. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners even like it, but now you are at least a little bit educated. You can have a passing conversation on it um, with people who do. Not many in Kentucky, so it happens. Uh, but yeah, I'll stick with bolts in seven. Um, now for the part that I've just been dying to talk about, bro. Week two in the NFL is yes, sir. almost completed. We still have one more game tonight. Uh, so we're recording right before this Monday night game kicks off. Um, Going to be a good one tonight, actually, I think. Uh, I think that the Raiders might be able to pour, put up a little bit of – or at least make a little bit of noise uh, against the Saints. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to stop them, though. It's going to be the issue. I think the Saints the Saints might put up 50. The Raiders might <laughs> score 40, but the Saints might drop 50. Like, that's – I don't see how the Raiders get a stop tonight. Man. Well, I definitely think it plays in their hand that Michael Thomas isn't playing. Like, I think that was the biggest blessing they could oh, have. That's true, too. To be honest. Um, I think it's going to come down to can they stop, you know, Kamara out of the backfield. And when I say that, I mean, like, you know, stop him completely. Like, I'm not talking fill the gap, stop a run. I'm talking, you better know this man's at screen-wise when he lines up out wide. Like, you have to stop their key playmaker now that Michael Thomas is out. You took one of the heads off the two-headed, you know, horseman, and <laughs> it's time to strangle the other one out tonight. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. So, I mean, we we gave our picks for this game on last week's pod on Thursday, and you weren't able to join us. Who you got winning this one? Oh, I got uh, the Saints winning this one. Like, I, But now, like I said, when I picked this, it was more of the fact of, hey, you know, Michael Thomas, when the report came out, he might actually have a shot. Like, they yeah. may have they may initially you know, misdiagnosed, but then it was like, nah, they came back. Nope, he's out for multiple weeks. So I'm still riding with the Saints, but like you said, I think it's going to be closer than people expect. And I'm not going to be shocked if the Raiders pull one out, sneak one yeah. out here. But if I had to lay uh, my money down on it, I'm definitely laying it on Drew Brees and the Saints. So actually, the line just moved as we were talking about it. The last I checked this afternoon, it was the Saints at minus five and a half. Public money, I guess, has went so much to the Raiders to cover mm-hmm. that uh, that now it's down to the Saints at minus four. That seems pretty tasty. It's a football yeah, number, though. So I, an I would, even football number is tough play. I would love to see it go down to, like, if you was to tell me three and a half. Like, even at half point at three and a half. Yeah, I'd have been you like, could probably buy so it down. Better. It probably yeah. wouldn't hurt your odds that much. Yeah. We'd have to check. But I think that's a tasty play. But without further ado, uh, let's jump into that Thursday night game. Honestly, much better game than I thought. Now, the scoreboard did look a little bit closer than what the game actually was. A uh, late touchdown by Burrow kind of brought it back um, to salvageable, I guess you could say. Uh, we got the Brownies winning 35-30. to 30. Are, are we that impressed by Burrow so far? I, I for oh, one, I well, think he's uh, very good. Yeah, I thought you were going to say by the Browns, and I was shaking my head no, but yeah, Burrow. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Like I could not be actually more impressed. And I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt of he's not in the ideal situation, man. We see this like he's the first rookie to throw for well, I don't want to say the first. I think he was the first since a particular year. I can't remember exactly. But he threw sixty one passes Thursday night, man. As a rookie, no, so sixty-one passes, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, if it keeps this up to week six, you know, the man's going to be noodle armed and and be done for. Like, yeah. like you see, normal quarterbacks have what typically three hundred fifty attempts a year, somewhere in between there, three to four hundred, and this man's already through through two weeks uh, over a hundred past attempts as a rookie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of worried in that aspect for him. But no, as far as decision-making goes, ball placement, uh, things of that nature, what's actually what he, what he should bring to the table and what should progress over the next few years, I think he's light years ahead. And I think that's the reason he's the number one pick. Yeah, I have, I have kind of a take on Burrow. Uh, so I'm going to put the cart before the horse a little bit here. I don't know if he'll ever win a Super Bowl, but he's going to win an MVP. I'm pretty comfortable in saying that this man eventually will win an MVP. He looks good. You know, who? I don't know if you're going to like this player comparison. But this is who he reminds me of a lot. He reminds me of Andrew Luck. Yeah, I know he's going to say it. And he does, he does. me in a way. In a way. I mean, he looks like, I mean, he's big, he's stocky. Um, I don't, I like his running ability, but I, from what I've seen so far, his like, escapability isn't what Lux was. No, you know, like it, like Luck is wasn't as athletic as Burrow is, I don't think. Oh, really? But, See, I'm yeah, I think like Burrow's more uh, I think Burrow's more athletic cuz he's and he's de- I think he's definitely faster, but I think that Burrow or I mean Luck had that like big band escapability where like he swallowed up and then wow, Houdini act he's he's loose. I don't think Burrow has that. Straight line speed, I think that Burrow is faster. You'd have to you'd what, have to do, check you, it. do you know what he ran the forty by the way? I'm just curious because Andrew I'm, Luck? No, Burrow. 
I don't know. No, because I'm know. I'm just surprised by that. Actually, I thought you were going to go the total opposite way. Nah, I like. I mean, from Burrow's running ability that we've seen so far, the man has looked very good running. Okay, so I'm actually a little shocked here. Uh, actually, never mind. That is showing me the wrong forty time. <laughs> there are different forty times. You just going by combine? Yeah, you're not doing pro days. No. Wow. Um, I am shocked. You are. Yeah. Four it's five not... nine. Even a four five nine. I mean, yeah, he's a good. He's a good runner. Dude. I'm, I can't believe you're that shocked. I am. I am very shocked. Actually, I was thinking like, just looking at this man play, I'm like, yeah, he's a four seven. Like, no, he's he's athletic for sure. I just don't like. I don't even know. I don't even know like the word that I'm like looking for here. Like Big Ben esque would be what I would describe what luck was. Like, he's he doesn't look like he would be athletic or be able to escape like he did. And I don't think that Burrow has that. Like, if Burrow gets like even a hand on him in the pocket, I think he's gonna it's gonna be a sack. Whereas with Luck and Ben, you get a hand on them, it's nothing. They're gonna shake it off and then they're gonna escape. Now, if the pocket collapses on Burrow and he can get out the back door and away with no one on him, then he's away, obviously. But I just don't think that he has that Houdini act. That they have. That's the only reason I made See, that. See, and I and I honestly don't hate the comparison. I, you know, I I kind of like it. Now, me personally, I'm like you. Yeah, I think Luck has had a better pocket presence as far as you know, feeling the pocket, moving the pocket, and not being able, like not being so easily grasped in the pocket. Um, I think that I think there's a there's one big thing that separated that's at that age should i say andrew luck and joe burrow and that is once they're out of the pocket what can they do with their eyes downfield like keeping their eyes downfield actually making the play with their arm rather than their legs now make no mistake about it luck always did and that's where luck always took the hits whenever he actually because he was not one to one regret I have as a fan is always being like, oh, yeah, I love my quarterback, you know, being tough and doing this. That's what's that's what got him killed. That's why I'm not watching him in well, this Well, I don't know if but, that in particular, it definitely didn't help. I mean, the fact that he had a revolving door as an offensive line for his first yeah, few years yeah, was really important. But, but, yeah. He didn't help himself. I mean, I'll, put, I'll say that. Uh, but I think that's the big biggest difference I can tell between those two right now is I think Luck was able to keep his eyes downfield more able to yeah. I, I just think his arm I just think his arm was better yeah. uh, so that but now as far as just the comparison in general yeah I can see it well I mean it's kind of weird too because like even the situation that they're coming into is kind of similar Right, I mean, Mixon was better than the back at the time in Indy. Oh yeah, the offensive lines probably yeah, about the they're, same. They're you got one, terrible. yeah, you got one big name receiver. So he had Luck had Ty. Uh, well, Luck had Burrow, Reggie. Obviously had, had the, Green. Yeah, Luck had the back end Reggie, and make no mistake, back end Reggie was still very productive. Yeah, um, so Ty uh, Boyd. Yeah, T.Y. was drafted with Luck, so they were rookies, at, you know, at the same time. Oh, the same really? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought that T.Y. had already been there and established. 
No, T.Y. and him were rookies together, and uh, so that's what I'm saying. I, I think that because uh, even Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen at the time were in that same draft class, so they had three rookies on that offense along with Luck that actually contributed a lot to that yeah. offense. Honestly, that's a bro. Yeah, that was offensive draft. Offensive class. draft class was nice for that team, uh, mm-hmm. although we only see one left out of it. I mean, but Dwayne it, Allen turned out to be a pretty good trade for you guys. So, I mean, you can't really hate that one. Colby Flaner, did he end up walking away in free agency or you trade him to the Saints? No, we didn't trade him. We uh, let him walk because um, Jack Duell was coming up. That's when we extended Jack Duell, all that good stuff. But, uh, no, I think Joey B's got more established uh, talent around him. Around him. But – like I, like we said, man, I don't care how much talent you got around you. If you ain't got the offensive line, I mean. We've kind of got long-winded about this, but I have to touch on this, right? This is probably the longest breakdown of a game we'll have today. We've been going for like five minutes on this, so I apologize to our listeners about that. Well, a lot of them are probably Bengals fans anyway, so they're probably like rubbing one out to all this like <laughs> but. Have, did you see the sack that Bobby Hart gave up? Where this man's this man's head was, bro. There are high school tackles who could have read this stunt better than he did. I mean, it's a simple stunt. So he sets right five technique goes B gap, three technique crosses face first and comes C gap, yep. and he just he doesn't touch either of them. <laughs> Does not get a hand on either one of them. And poor Mixon sitting there, and or it might have been Geo at that point. I think it was Geo because he's a better pass blocker. And poor Geo sitting there trying to get hands on, and then here comes this the three technique right around his other face, and he just looks at Hart like, "What are you doing, dude?" Yeah. It was on the strip sack. It was when Bur- I mean Burrow got absolutely torched on that play. This man, I'm surprised he didn't go out, didn't have to go to the hospital for whiplash. His head was like, oh. like, <laughs> like Bobby Hart, what are you doing? Like it was as soon as he, the the five technique took that step to the inside, I was like, dude, this is a cross slant. Like this is the well, easiest stunt in the world to pick up. And like you just know, pass him off and you take the guy that comes. Like it's literally so simple. And and I know like that's your rant over this offensive line where you said so bad. Man, and I know we've got long winded like you said, but I gotta get something off my chest. I cannot stand the fact that they interviewed Baker Mayfield after this game the other night, and Baker and the NFL broadcasting staffs acting like this is a statement win for the Browns. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, all the hype that the Browns have had in the offseason and even last offseason and, and, and so on, and you've got the playmakers on that offense and the defense, and you're telling me you beat the Bengals 30-35 to 35 and they had a chance to get an onside kick and score again. And you was like, oh, yeah, hands off for Baker. Good, good. You play great, dude. Like, no, BS, dude. I don't want to hear none of that. I always give the Browns, you know, I try to give the Browns the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm done with them. They, no, I hate them. I hate, I hate the Cleveland Browns. I want it on record. They're cocky as can be. I used to like Baker Mayfield. I'm tired of the way he acts. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, where they used to be like, okay, so there's this thing in baseball, right? The Cubs, because they had that drought of, what, 108 years without winning a World Series, that they were the lovable losers. Like, you didn't really come across too many people who hated the Cubs. They were just there. They're the Cubs. They're going to win in the regular season. They'll choke in the playoffs. They're never really a threat to you. They're the lovable losers. That's what the Browns were for a while. 
right? Yeah. If the Browns won a game, you're like kind of pumped for them. Like, okay, cool, nice. And they're and appreciative. They, have, well, they were right. appreciative at the top. Right. And now they have this like cocky sense about, especially like Browns fans. Now, Big G is not. So, Big G, I know that you listen. You are not one of these Browns fans. But some Browns fans are obnoxious, like dog pound. <laughs> no, you're not. You're terrible. Like, it, just be the lovable losers again. You're nothing special. Well, that until you, until you actually special. That until you actually string some notable wins together. Like now, if you go out on a, it don't even have to be prime time. If you go out on a Sunday at one o'clock and you beat a team like Dallas, or you beat a team like uh, say Seattle, even the foul. Give me even Atlanta. If you can string a win against Atlanta, dude, the, the boys that literally give that blow leads like crazy. If you can string one win against them, I'll let you. Speak your piece, but no, don't talk about beating the rookie Joey B and the Cincinnati Bengals who have a revolving door offensive line. Don't do it. I'll tell you what, I, I have another hot take for you. Based off what I've seen so far this season, I'm going to go back on my preseason prediction where I had the Browns finishing second in this division. I have the Browns finishing last in this division now. I think they're going to be that bad. Like, they're they're like... Let, let's take a look and see who they play next week. We're getting real long-winded here. Oh, no. It is. It is what it is. This is going to be entertaining at least. So let's see what the Browns have next week. Hmm. The football team. Yeah. I think that's a sneaky – I think that's kind of a sneaky matchup. And you know, I cannot football. wait for Washington to put it on. It's going to happen. Dude. So we'll get into this later, but there's a player on Washington's defense that I think already has defensive rookie of the year in the bag. He has looked phenomenal, but we'll get into it. So that, that wraps up the Browns talk. The Browns and the Bengals, final score there. Uh, Browns 35, Bengals 30. Uh, so let's jump into this 1 o'clock slate yesterday. Uh, Don, did you get to attend service yesterday? I did. We congre- we congregated and broke bread, and it was honestly one of the best services I've had this week or it's this beautiful. month. So Yeah, it was beautiful. I agree. We got some pretty poor service at Beta, or I mean at uh, Wings and Ring. Honestly, it was not great. They messed up the they messed up poor Trent's order like nine times and still didn't get it right. Well, you know, as, as overrated as Beta's food is, I have to say they put on a pretty good service. Like, well, that's talking, the thing. And I've that's... in it, the service. We, all right, I got to shout them out right here, guys. I'm sorry, a little free advertising for all five of you that's listening to this podcast oh, right now. Five, all uh, five. Uh, a bucket, bucket of beer for $12, six 16 ounce beers, domestic only, Mick Ultra, Bud Light, Budweiser. Can't beat it. Can't go anywhere and get that same deal. They have it, bro. The dude yeah. in Richmond said that they don't. Yeah. And, I and hate that guy. You know what? And shout out to Philip Thacker, my dude down at. Pipe will beat up, said, no, they're crazy. We got it. I'll get it for you. Six McCultures coming right up. Perfect. Oh, I'm so upset. Oh, I'm going to have – next time we're in Richmond, we're going to go. I'm going to call that guy out and be like, dude, you're going to refund my whole bill that I paid for last time. <laughs> you're going to give me these prices. Or I just do this. I just say, take my bill that I had last time. Say it was $30. I want $30 worth of buckets. Just bring the buckets there. Give me three buckets. Give me give me freaking 18 tall boys. That works. Then what are you guys going to be drinking? Because that would just be for me. <laughs> oh, well, I'd definitely steal them when you went to the bathroom. I'd be like shoving them in my pants, crotch them. I'd hold it. 
Yeah. Have you seen it? <laughs> For sure. Uh, all right. So the first game of this one o'clock slate, uh, let's touch on the Bears. Yeah. Surprise team so far for most people. Not for me. I knew the Bears would be good. I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Well, they have played the Lions and the Giants, too. Come on. Doesn't man. matter. Doesn't matter. 2 and 0 is 2 and 0. Doesn't matter. Uh, so the Bears end up winning that one 17 to 13. They were up 17 to nothing, and the Giants mm-hmm. end up coming back and scoring some points on them. So it really wasn't as close as it seemed. Um, really, the most the, the biggest thing we need to talk about in this game. Uh, Saquon torn ACL have surgery later this week. He is done for the season. Uh, hopefully he'll be back by next year. Obviously with everything going on um, with COVID and stuff, I don't know how his rehab is going to get like handled, but um, I'm sure it won't be an issue. I'm sure he'll be back by next preseason for sure. It was early enough in the year, but uh, yeah, you got anything on this game? Yeah, honestly, I was surprised at how the Giants handled themselves once their star player went out. Um, you know, being down here and actually driving, they were down 10, 17 at the time driving, missed a great opportunity to score. So then they had they kicked the field goal to go 13, 17. Um, with a chance to get the ball back, actually. I mean, I, I, I like, of course, it was the call you had to make. There was time on the clock. But, yeah, I was just uh, – I was honestly impressed at how they handled themselves the rest of the way with uh, with their star player going down. And like I said, had a good shot to beat the Bears here. But the Bears, you know, kind of prevailed and held them off, which kudos to them also in, yeah. in this game for that. I honestly, like, I've seen enough from this Giants team. Like, obviously now without Saquon, this might change this a little bit. But, like, from what I've seen – I think that this is a team that could still push for like that seven seed. Like they have a lot of talent. I really like what Joe Judge has done. You know, you lose Saquon, I think that's going to really put a lot of pressure on on Danny Dimes. Yeah. But he, I think he's looked good this year. I think he already had a lot of pressure on him, to be honest with you. So like, does it really change? Like the Giants maybe a have little, played. But... The Giants have played two top five defenses the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And now, so now you're going to start to play obviously a little bit lesser defenses, right? So maybe the playbook opens up a little bit more for Danny Dimes, and then you really start to let him loose. Like you let him get Shep involved, you let him get Slayton involved more. You you really need to see Ingram take a step. He's been oh, kind of yeah, useless. He's this played year. terrible so far this year. You look back at like what his rookie year or his second year, people were putting him in that like fringe top five tight end conversation, and since then he's been nothing. Yeah. Like he's got to take a step, but I think it might be a year too early. Now here's another question for you. So not to get long winded on this game, this is a habit. Like when we just, when me and GTD just start talking football, we just get off the rails because we just love to converse about football. It is what it is. Um, Is this best case scenario for the giants? Like you're competing in one score games all year, but you lose them and you secure that high first round draft pick because this, while this roster is talented, it's not one of the more talented rosters in the league, you know? So maybe that high-end pick, like, helps them solidify. You get a couple plug-in oh, starters yeah. in that early first round, early second round next year. 
and it's definitely gone to help. Like, but as a, I know as from a player standpoint on the Giants, you know, none of them's looking to secure oh, no. a top yeah. pick. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what one score games that you end up losing most, like almost all of them. Like that's just demoralizing, and how that carries in next season, I'm not sure. But then again, it could also take the tune of hey. We needed that one piece. We were in one score games all year last year. And here's let's that go. one piece. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm saying. We could so. like rebite because the one thing like I don't think Joe Judge is going to let this team get too down or uh, too high. Like well, it's not going to happen. Me and you were both advocates whenever they it, the first it, no news first broke. Let me get it out here. Um, that we were big fans of Joe Judge. Yeah. I mean, huge fans of the hire and everyone else, you know, criticized the Giants. What are they doing? The same way they criticized the Giants for they took Daniel Jones and the man's actually look good. I think, good. The, I think the coach is going to be good. I think he brings a type of structure to this team, a type of accountability that they need. They need to be, they need that hard nosed coach. that's actually going to hold them accountable yeah. for their actions and make them do things a certain way. So I, I'm a big fan. I'm like you. Uh, it ain't this year, but the years to come, one or two years from now, I think they're going to be rolling. The Giants are going to be scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just to recap again. So, the Bears end up stealing one at home, 17-13. Uh, to 13, I say stealing. It, it, they really were in control for most of the game. Just had to put the clamps down at the end. Uh, now, I, this game, I don't even know where to start with this game. I wish Cody was on to talk about it. <laughs> the Cowboys looked dead. To rights. Yes, that is. And then insert the Undertaker meme where they just sit back up and it was a mad sprint. Mm-hmm. So you got the Cowboys literally, literally stealing a game from the Falcons 40 to 39. First off, I, I, I want to just add, you know, the fa- the Cowboys had four fumbles in the first quarter. They had four turnovers in the first quarter. And you tell me how the Falcons, like, what? Like, they pulled out to a lead, dude. But here's what I want to talk about. First, number one, I wish I wouldn't have traded Dak Prescott. I'm glad the trade that I did got done because Saquon went out. But I would have loved to have Dak Prescott this week. You know, he had three rushing touchdowns, 450 yards of passing offense, and a passing touchdown. Ridiculous. I told you. I told you. I literally told you. I said, when you traded him, I said, you just got me beat. Because Dak had a down week, week one. I said, there's no chance this man on a contract year has another bad week. Now, I kind of helped them that they fell down early and they had no choice but to just throw the ball all day. That's part of it. But this man absolutely tortured me. Dak and Tyler Higby are solely responsible. <laughs> Tyler Higby had three touchdowns. This man will not have three touchdowns the whole rest of the year. And Dak's not going to have three more rushing touchdowns in the game. Like, it just ain't happening. Like, they, they had... Uh, well, I'm saying Tyler Higby won't games. have three touchdowns total the rest Whoa, of the year. Whoa, that's a bold take. But, it's also hyperbole. But before I get too long, I know we're going to stretch this out too. We don't mean to do this. But let me just go ahead and say the main takeaway from this game, first off, the Atlanta Falcons passing offense is for real. Like this passing attack with the top three wide receivers being the fan favorite Julio Jones, the upcoming superstar and Calvin Ridley, and honestly, the flying under the radar kind of little X factor in Russell Gage. Like, I mean, they have been prolific. And then to 
just for the defense to just wipe them off the face of the earth, take away every good thing that they ever do. They come in and just allow people to just cut through them like butter, son. Who, you know, them mashed potatoes not buttery, buttery enough for you? Here, let me throw some in there for you. Like, yeah. they suck. And, no, uh, I, I can't I can't express it any more than that. I'm, I'm tired of watching the Falcons blow leads. And honestly, like we were sitting at Wings and Rings, right? My, me and Trent and Josh and Maddie, and we're sitting there, and we see this at the corner of our eye. We're like, uh, "Are the Falcons really up twenty-nine to ten right now? Like, is this a thing?" And we look, and we look at the box score, and at the time, Julio had one catch for like eleven yards. Yep. Now, how are you winning twenty-nine to ten? Your best player has that much. Now, the turnovers had a lot to do with it, so they got helped out by the Cowboys putting them in good spots. But, like, Ridley went off seven for 109, two touchdowns. Hayden Hurst, sneakily top five tight end. Like, you knew the change of scenery was really going to help him getting out of Baltimore and in a, a, like, kind of out. Just a roll to himself. Yeah, out of Mark Andrews' shadow, really, is the biggest thing there. Uh, and then you said it yourself, uh, Gage. I mean, that dude, he's going to be legit. His average, you'd like to see his average get a little bit higher. Seven yards of catch isn't stellar, but six when catches you're for 46 yards. When you're getting targeted nine and ten times a game, though, like, yeah. you know. I really, the biggest thing for the Falcons is how does Quinn still have a job? How is this man employed by anything? If I'm Arthur Blank, okay, and we blow that lead. In the same state that you blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl. Same state, okay? So, one, you did it in Reliance Stadium in Houston. Then you just blow a 29-10 to lead to the Cowboys. How, how does Quinn have a job? I would have had pink slips on his desk or in his – actually – not even on his desk. I'm not letting him get on the team plane. What, what are you I'm doing? Like stapling it to his forehead as he's coming out of the locker room? No, like, I'm putting Like, Trump, you're fired. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll say, I will fly you home. You're not getting on this plane. This is not your team anymore. So I, I would coach it myself before I let him call a single other play. Like, that's a Super Bowl caliber roster. And it's just getting pissed away. Because Quinn cannot stop a thing. Yeah. He's a defensive coach. Like I said, dude, I'm tired of watching them blow leads. That's literally all I can it's say about crazy. this game. It's exhausting watching them blow leads, actually. So, <clears throat> like, it's crazy. Like, we, I, I meant to say this earlier, and I got sidetracked because this is what I do. Um, <clears throat> when we saw that it was twenty nine to ten, Josh looks at me. and He goes, Ah. The Cowboys got the Falcons right where they want them. They're going to come back and win this game. And we just kind of laughed it off at the time. Like, ha ha, yeah, no, the Falcons blow leads. But they do. Like, they did. I just can't believe it. The Falcons <laughs> blow and they blow leads, dude. It's simple Facts. fact of the matter. I'm about to make a meme of, nah, nope, it's our <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. Uh-huh. It's a good one. Um, so that wraps it up there again. So you have the Falcons blow on a huge lead again. They lose 39 to 40 uh, to the Cowboys who the Cowboys slander on the timeline for the two hours that they were just getting shit pumped was a lot of fun to read. And then they come back and like that also is fun to read because like I have them as my Super Bowl champ. So it's like nice. Like I need yeah. that. So it was a win win there. Um, but anyway, let's take it over to another game. Honestly, the least shocking outcome of the weekend, 
you have the Packers absolutely dismantling the Lions, 42-21. to 21. We really don't have to get too long-winded about this one. This was absolute domination, really, from start to finish. Um, the Packers' running game has really, really improved. I mean, Aaron Jones, when they drafted Dylan, you think that Aaron Jones is likely going to lose his job because you don't draft a running back that high and not play him. And then Aaron Jones just said, absolutely not. This is my team. He put the backpack on like – Yep. He's eating. He's he's eating this year. Yep. And there ain't much I really have to say on this game, to be honest with you. And I'm just like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers came out, balled again. Yeah. Team's playing well. Lines are the lines. Like that's literally all I have to say about this ball game. There is, there's, a, there's literally a saying um, for Lions fans, okay? And so for most people, SOL stands for shit out of luck. For Lions fans, it means same old Lions. Yeah. <laughs> Like that, it is what it is. It's the it's SOL, same old mm-hmm. lions. Like that, that's what you're gonna get from them. It, just so we have some like a little bit of a talking point for this game. Okay, how long is my doppelganger in Detroit? Because no I, I think his, I think I think his day is numbered. Yeah, yeah. This year's it. I do think they'll let him finish it out. But this year's. Do it. you think if they do fire him, uh, they also? terminate Stafford's contract so they get the new coach and new quarterback in the same year uh, it depends on what I'll be honest with you is I think it depends on where they lie in the draft order when it's all said and done because if they're if they're picking one and they oh, get Trevor Stafford's Lawrence, out, Stafford Stafford's is out. out. yeah yeah and that's and they want the new coach with him I, like it's just a clean house at that point so yeah. I think so too. Uh, so to recap again, the Packers double up the Lions, forty-two to twenty-one in Lambeau. No real big surprise there. We kind of knew it was coming. Uh, anyway, yeah, this next game's kind of a big surprise. Uh, you have the Jags playing the Titans, really mm-hmm. close. You know, people came into the year thought that the Titans would kind of maybe not run away with the AFC South, but most people had them winning it after the success yep. they found in the playoffs last year. Uh, and then the Jags, you know, they absolutely took it to the Colts. Uh, week one, kind of upset of the week. People were like, wow, this team that we thought was going to win three games stole one in week one. Turns out, I don't know if it was a fluke because they came out and they really took it to the Titans. Like, they should have won this game. This is what I'm saying. I found myself yesterday when I was sitting there thinking, are the Jags, did we underestimate this Jags team? Like, just because the paper said for us to? Like, I'm sitting there thinking, Gardner Minshew is not a joke, honestly. Like, this man is leading this this team like an actual, you know, what you would think a quarterback should do. Like, we all knew he was talented, but no, he's put the leadership factor into this Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars team. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, you know, the Colts and the Titans for just playing down to the Jags or if it's just the Jags are not as bad as we thought. So I don't know. I mean, you really don't like if if you're a Titans fan, right? You think, okay, our team is going to be a dominant defensive team. And we're going to run the ball, okay? Well, you look yesterday. You let the Jags, who really outside of Minshew, what's their offense? Shark is probably their best. Hey, well, and weapon. I will. I'll like, give a little credit to James Robson. James Robson has played well in these two. Stories. He's looked okay. Yeah, he's looked all right. But still, I mean. You let that team put 30 points on you, like drop 30 points on your head. 
and that's supposed to be the strong point of your of your team. And then your workhorse running back, Derrick Henry. Let's see what he ended up totaling at yesterday for rushing. Like eighty four yards or something. I think it's eighty four. Don't don't hold me to it, but just off the top of my head. Let's see. Derrick Henry literally eighty four yards. Caught a my so, brain on his boy. Eighty four yards. Which, on paper, if you look, 84 yards is a solid game running, right? You had a mm-hmm. nice little night. But when you have 29 rushes, you know, it's... 25 attempts. Oh. You know what that averages out to? Three yards a carry. Oh. If you're Derrick Henry, and you sit at the line of scrimmage, and you fall forward, you're going to get three yards every single time. Literally, you're getting three yards every single time you do that. So that's all this man's doing. He's yeah. just getting to the line of scrimmage and going, ah, timber, falling forward. Like, that's it. Well, and I've said it from the first of the year, this offense is one-dimensional, and as good as Derrick Henry can be, it has shown to be, I'm just not that big of a fan. Like, I get it. I just don't – I don't know. Dude. He's just not the prototypical back that I want, that I envision. So. Uh, and then uh, let's let's kind of keep it. So we touch on this a little bit. Uh, well, first, so yeah, we'll recap that again. The Titans won thirty-three to thirty over the uh, uprising uh, Jags. Surprise team of the of the NFL season so far. Of the first one quarter of, for sure. So far, one of them. Yeah. Uh, so let's take it over to this game. I'm sure that you were thrilled watching this game because this is the team that I picked to go to the AFC Championship game. They looked good yesterday. Uh, the Colts putting it on the Vikings, 28 to 11. Now this is the team that I thought that we were going to see yes. all year. I expected this kind of performance against the Jags. You got it against the Vikings. So better rather, I'd rather have it sooner than later. So I wish I would have had it last week, but back to 500. You look like a good ball team. Yeah, and the one thing that stood out to me the most in this ball game was this defense. And, uh, you know, if you listen to the week one recap that, you know, I was on absolutely going mayhem about my coats with was that defense couldn't couldn't stop freaking – water for freezing i mean they were they were just that bad in week one and they came out yesterday and put on a clinic and and let's not underestimate that it was against a talented you know viking squad honestly um so i'm a happy camper it for sure now i hate that we had to lose you know paris campbell for the year malik hooker's out to uh a torn Achilles for the year. Jack Duell was out yesterday with a neck injury. So, you know, his return is, is up in the air, but Mo Alley Cox, I tried telling you, Ian, I tried telling you to pick him up playing this week. I, I should have. Yeah, I should have. This man is just a monster of a, of a man, to be honest with you, not including just an athlete. So, uh, but anyway, um, you know, and I'm, I, and I do want to touch on this. T.Y. Hilton is just not looking like the T.Y. vote. Like this man, did you did you watch any of this game yesterday? It was on. It, it was on at B, at uh, Wings and Rings. So I, was, I, like, mean, I was like fixated on it. I was watching. I was in euphoria, bro. You I know mean, this man and and, and uh, I don't mean it. Like this man's routes are still Chris. He's still creating separation. He's getting what he normally is used to getting. But he's making so many drops. Yeah, like we seen really? the two last week, and then he dropped a wide open fifty yard. Like he was in, like in the end zone, falling over his shoulder, drops it wide open. 
and it's yeah. just like mind blowing because you you're not used to seeing this man make routine drops. Um, so, but anyway, before I get too long winded, I'm ecstatic, happy. The Colts are, you know, what I thought they were or what they should have been in week one. And, uh, I, I was quoted saying it on week one recap. If they would have went down 0-2 to the Vikings on their home turf, they were staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. <laughs> and guess what? They did not allow that to happen. Jets next week. Um, so things are looking up. Should be should be a two and one start for the Colts, but we'll get into that in our Thursday show. Uh, well, for you guys, Thursday we'll record it on Wednesday. Um, yeah, so I I kind of have a question for you. I just want to see where your headspace is at with this because you know yesterday you look at Taylor getting his first official start, um, and he looked a lot more comfortable than he yep. did in Week One. Now, my question to you is. Obviously, you never like to see anyone get hurt. You know, prayers go out to, to Marlon Mack. It sucks. Oh, yeah. and he tears sure. Achilles. You, you don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Was it a blessing in disguise for the Colts team? For the team, I'm going to say no, actually. Not for the team. Was it a blessing for Jonathan Taylor? 100%. Um, was it a blessing for all those fantasy managers that drafted Jonathan Taylor to be that top 15 back? Yes. Uh, but no, for this team, I honestly do not see it. I, you know, even though Marlon Mack may not be the better authentic running back, he was still the, you know, an explosive back. He had proved his worth in this offense over the last two years. Uh, so to lose even like him, a playmaker like Marlon, uh, an upcoming, you know, uh, second year player in Paris Campbell. I mean, that does things to this offense, you know, that, that a fan and especially a coach or a actual player on that team really wishes wouldn't have happened. Um, so like I said, Taylor had a great day yesterday, but then again, you know, he had 25 rushes, 401 yards. So, I mean, it wasn't like he's averaging a, a, you know, great amount of yards, but you know, I don't think it was good for the team. I, I really don't. I think it. I think it don't hurt the team. I don't. Well, I don't want to say. I don't think it hurts them to the point to where it's, it's terrible. It's like make or break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now, for as for Jonathan Taylor, I think it helps him tremendously getting that experience now, like yeah. getting it under his belt. So kind of along the same line, I think. So like, I think that Doyle getting hurt actually was a blessing for the team, and like I, that sounds bad, but like, hear me out. MAC looked yep. phenomenal. Oh, like looked now Philip Rivers has another weapon. Now you lose Paris Campbell, that sucks, no doubt about it. Oh yeah. But now you have an, an opportunity to where when Doyle's back, MAC looked athletic enough. You split him out. You can do all sorts of stuff with him. Oh yeah. So I think that Doyle getting hurt and it opening the door for MAC to get those snaps. I think it kind of solidified oh, him as a, into a vital role in this. I'm, and I'm with you. A supporting role, like a vital role mm-hmm. moving forward. And every bit of it, I'm with you for one week. If it does handle one week. Now, like I said, his availability is up in the air for even next week. But um, I, I think it played – I think it paid dividends for this coach's offense for him to actually and, – and as a diehard fan, don't get me wrong, I've heard – you know, for even a year, Mo Alley Cox can play football. He can be a starter in this league, but he never got the shot until guess when? Jake Doyle's got the neck injury. He's out week two of the 2020 season. Mo Alley Cox comes in, five catches, 111 yards, looked prolific, and I think 
that has ingrained him and, hey, you better get me on the field, no matter if Jack Doyle's in there or not. So, yeah, I think it was a good thing for this team. Well, I think there's no doubt about it. I don't think that you would argue this point either that Doyle is the better blocking tight end. I don't think there's a question there because Doyle is the top five blocking tight end yeah. in the league. Even when LeBron was there, man, as, as great as LeBron was in the passing game, I always said Jake Doyle is just your better tight end. Like, if you know the game of football, Jake Doyle is just the better tight end. Yeah. And so I love Jake Doyle. I got his jersey. Just bought his jersey this year. So, yeah. I like Doyle, too. I wish he could have stayed healthy. I had to stream a tight end. I should have picked up Cox, but I saw I saw that uh, Jimmy Graham against the Giants and got too enticed by that. So it happens. Uh, ah, I can't believe I lost in fantasy. That's, just, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't sleep last night because of it. Uh, so, yeah, just to recap again, you got the Colts uh, getting back to 528 to 11 against the Vikings. One more before we move on. You picked the Vikings to win that division. I know. And I was going to get to this in a later segment. Trust me. Okay. So <laughs> we have similar, we have similar topics when yeah. we get to that segment. So, uh, but anyway, let's move over to the AFC East. Uh, you got the Bills really struggling. I mean, struggling with the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Cameron Cheek for thinking he knows all and the Dolphins wasn't going to put up a fight in this ballgame here. I just want you to know that, Cheek. Well, in fairness, you did you did quote that the secondary was one of the best in the league, and then Josh Allen torched the secondary. Well, I never said best. I said they're a good secondary in this league. I I think they're one of the best secondaries in the league. Talent-wise, I don't think it's an argument. No. I think they have one of the better secondaries. I think that Josh Allen, first of all, Diggs has been everything and more that you could have hoped for if you're Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think that's huge. John Brown, still a good second option. Um, you want to see the running game take a bigger step if you're a Buffalo fan. But, mm-hmm. you know, Buffalo being 2-0, and I don't think there's too many uh, members of Bill's Mafia are going to be too upset with that. So uh, I don't think there's any reason to get too long-winded. One question for you, just so we have some top, some talking point, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Flores, why are you still rolling out Fitzpatrick week after week? You know what you're going to get from Fitzpatrick. You drafted Tua – in the first round for a reason. Let him play. Let think, the kid play. Uh, if he's healthy, you let him play. Yeah, I think it's more so of they know they're not going to be contenders this year. That's one reason. Um, you're paying Fitzpatrick money to be there. You might as well, you know, let him take the beating if there is a beating to give. Uh, and maybe it just says, hey, my – franchise quarterback was will be my franchise quarterback just had the hip surgery this offseason we think he's healthy but we don't want to test it right now like we don't want to test it till we absolutely need to test it so that is you know that's my points on that no that's fair uh again nothing really major to go over in this game it was a bills and dolphins game you know it's not really gonna have that big of an impact on the season dolphins really gave him a test you didn't think so I guess the one thing that we should talk about, do we think the Bills are for real after being tested this much by the Dolphins? Because I think if you're a Bills uh, fan, that is the one thing that you're like, we're 2-0, and that's great. I think, I think the Bills are for real. Bills? I think the Bills are for real. But I will, you know, I will back up and say, hey, I don't think they have a two-game lead in this division by the time it's all said and done like I thought they would. Yeah. I'll say that. Well, because we'll get to it later on. Like, yeah. you got a team that's one and one in this division. 
that looks like one of the best teams in football. Oh, yeah. Like, period. Well, I ain't going to say, you know, I don't know, but they're definitely a good team. Don't get me wrong. They look I mean, good. They took the team that, for most people, I, I'm in this camp anyway, I think the Seahawks are the best team in football right now yeah. as far as team, right? I think it's them, the Ravens, and then after that, every other team has some glaring weaknesses. So to say that the Pats aren't in that top five range for best teams in the league, especially after the fight they put up last night at CenturyLink Field in Seattle, hard-pressed to say. So if you're a Bills fan or you're a a member of that Bills mafia, you're looking over your shoulder. You're like, uh, they're still here. Yeah, you're definitely thinking, damn. Like, that's what you're thinking. That's exactly what's running through your mind. Especially beating the Dolphins by three. Like, a win's a win in the NFL. It's not easy to win no matter who you're playing. But you beat the Dolphins by three. Yeah. It's a weekly game, though, man. Not great. So. <clears throat> um, all right, so moving on. Yeah, we got the, the Bills winning that by three, 31 to 28. Uh, better game than a lot of people expected, definitely for me. The line was Bills minus five and a half. I thought that was an easy win, and it was not. So that sucks. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Um, this was the easiest game to call all week. We really don't have to talk about anything in this game except for a couple injuries. Uh, the 49ers just shit rolling the Jets 31 to 13. A little. Uh, what what is that called when it it's reversed? When the scores are reversed, there's a there's a word for it. Uh, it two big brains for me. I I don't have. Yeah, it. I'm not a math nerd. So thirty one thirteen. Mossert with uh, what is it? Uh, a hamstring? They're called no MCL sprain. That's not good. That's never good. Uh, Bosa out for the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Torn ACL. That's not good. Uh, Jimmy G, I haven't seen the official word yet on him. I think he's week to week, right? Like, the injuries are piling up for this 49ers team. They looked good yesterday for sure. Uh, So they got back to 500 as well. Really what you expect when you're playing the Jets is to get back on track. Um, But at what cost? Like, the injuries piling up for them are are horrible. Like, you really don't want to see that. So, uh, That's really all I got for this one. It was that big of a blot. Like, you really don't have to say much else. you have any yeah. thoughts on the injuries? Uh, other than they suck? No, not really. Like, it's just part of the game. I think, you know, like we talked about in our group <laughs> chat earlier, like, this is the result, I believe, of a limited camp and no preseason. It's just hard to get the bodies adjusted. And when you go from half speed, basically, to full speed against other teams, it's just, it happens, man. Yeah. You hate to see it happen, but. Yeah. Yeah. So again, so you got the 49ers, uh, huge over the Jets, 31 to 13. Uh, and then again, another one. Like the line for this game was crazy low. The Rams and the Eagles, the Rams were at minus one. Like that's the freest money of free well, money. Well, if like, you would have got it earlier crazy. in the week, it was plus one and a half. They were plus one and a half earlier that's in the week. Wild. That was when I locked them in. When I sent you my lock, I said, Lock in the Rams plus one half. Yeah. Like, it ain't even close. I mean, that this Eagles team, like, you've been a big Wentz guy. Are you going to kind of jump off that bandwagon now? He looked pedestrian. Like, he looked pedestrian against the He's, he's definitely taken a step back. Like, I will. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to defend him and say that he hasn't, which I think this whole Eagles team's taking a step back. 
first For off. Sure. Yeah. But For sure. um, I still think Wentz is a very talented player. I think he was coming out of college. Now, not to say that the injuries haven't piled up a little bit in his NFL career so far and that just things are, you know, different pieces of the puzzles fitting in to kind of make it a little, make him seem a little worse than what I think he is. But no, he's definitely not the player that I envision him to be this year or, you know. Like, I I didn't think that the Eagles would be good this year. I had them finishing third in that division behind the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, I'm not going to pat myself on the back for that much. I mean, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, so that definitely plays a part of it. But they just looked horrible. I mean, this Rams defense is definitely not what it was when they went to the Super Bowl. They suffocated this Eagles offense. Oh, yeah. Still a good defense. Mm -hmm. Suffocated. Yeah. So, again, really not – oh, Cam Akers – Got hurt again, by the yeah. way. So there's another injury. Like they're just piling up, and yeah. I think I think that we're in like not bell curve, but we're in like the slow rise to the peak. I think it's going to peak about week yeah. four or so with the injuries, mm-hmm. and then after that, people are going to start getting back because there's a difference in being in shape and being in football shape. Yeah, 100%. one of my old coaches, Joe McCameron, used to tell me that all the time. It's like you can be in shape, but until you're taking hits every day in practice, and then you're running on top of that then you're in football shape because you can run all you want to. It's not the same. You're not waking up sore from running on the track. Yep. So, yeah, I think that that's a – I think that's going to be kind of interesting to watch as the season progresses. So, yeah, 37-19 uh, Rams over the Eagles. And they kind of shockingly, like, one of the better games yesterday, uh, the Broncos coming to the Steel City and really – should have squeaked one out. It kind of fell apart at the end. Uh, Broncos 21, Steelers 26. Your Steelers take has looked pretty good so far. That defense. Dude, I told you. It's less, less lo- uh, well, I don't know if I'll go that far just yet, but lock them in top five for the season for sure. I like them. I, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, very, very good defense in Pittsburgh. Um, so no reason to get long-winded there. Um, 26-21, Broncos moved to 2-0. Uh, you got the Bucks going up big over the Panthers, thirty-one to seventeen. Uh, huge first win for Brady in uh, in Tampa, but gotta be honest, they didn't look great yesterday. Like you had a couple huge mistakes get called back. Uh, the pick six by Brady, awful throw, literally terrible throw, and got saved on a penalty. Otherwise, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, absolutely changed the whole dynamic of that game. Um, and again, you have another injury. CMC, how long is he going to be out for? I think he's also four to week, six. week. Yeah, four yeah, to six that's weeks. tough. That's tough. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Let's touch on it now. If if he is out for that month, okay, so even say it's four weeks, and they go winless in that stretch, do you tank if you're the Panthers and you try to keep Trevor Lawrence in the Carolinas? Because I think that's an interesting dynamic. Like Trevor yeah. Lawrence, CMC. That'd be a nice little start to a roster. If I start out 0-7 or 0-6, 0-6, If I'm a GM, I'm not going to openly tank, but in my mind, I'm going to be like, I hope the trend continues. And I think with the, I think the Panthers in general right now, they can actually play football games, like go out and actually give their effort. And I still think they lose. 67 to 80 percent of those ball games so i i don't think they really have to openly say hey, we're tanking i think they're just going to be not that great so yeah 
If it comes down to their game ahead of somebody for him, oh yeah, you best believe they're going to throw that game. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Um, I, I don't think the Bucks are going to end up doing anything either. On the flip side of it, um, looking at what they've done so far, I mean, just in their division, they've struggled a little bit. They haven't really looked like you would think a Tom Brady team looks. Um, and Gronk is non-existent. Like I am going to tap myself on the back for that one. Like I would Gronk. Gronk has not even hardly like if I wouldn't have just said his name, you wouldn't have known he was on the field. <laughs> I think he has two catches through two games for what sixteen yards or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Not great, not great. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, thirty-one seventeen. Uh, Tommy gets his first win in Tampa Bay. Um, let's move it on. So the surprise team of the year so far, again to most people, I, I I'm gonna tap myself on the back. This is just uh, I'm pumping my own tires, giving myself some belly rubs here. Uh, the Cardinals. Doubling up the football team 30-15. to 15. Uh, This offense is everything that I thought it was going to be. I definitely thought that they would run the ball a little bit more than they do, but when you got Kyler scampering around looking like a toddler running for a cookie uh, and the best receiver in all of football, hands down, not an argument, uh, just putting up monster numbers every week. You don't need to run the ball. Uh, the Cardinals are legit. The defense is a little bit better than people thought. Uh, yeah. Donnie, you got anything to say to that? No, uh, just the last statement you made. I had, you know, I want to point out. I think this defense is just, you know, head and shoulders better than what everyone expected them to be. Now, granted, this goes for everyone. Take everything with a grain of salt. We're speaking on two week period of uh, evidence. You know, um, really can't make a definitive statement till you get that first quarter of the season in. You know, you get that uh, four game slate in, then you get a real good look at what you can look for the for the next uh uh 12 so but in two weeks yeah they are definitely head and shoulders better what we predicted them to be yep so again uh that's the cardinals doubling up the former r words 30 to 15 uh they moved to 2-0 uh, another team moving to 2-0 quite less fashionably uh the chiefs steal one uh in la uh they beat the chargers 23 to 20 uh, the Chiefs did not look good yesterday. I'm just going to say it. They didn't look good. Now, in fairness, I will defend Andy Reid and his squad with this. Didn't prepare for Herbert. Why would you? No no reason to think that Tyrod wouldn't start, and then he tweaked something uh, before the game, but and then it, thrust Herbert in yeah, the starting role. It so. actually came out today that he had a, you know, a little bit of a rib injury. They gave him an injection, you know, I'm going to say like cortisone shot or something, uh, to help ease that the rib pain and they started messing with his chest, tightened his chest up, couldn't hardly breathe, had to take him to the hospital. This man went to the hospital yesterday during the game. Yeah. That's always good to hear. Uh, Is this more, uh, am I giving them too much credit in thinking that that really hurt them that much or are the charges better than, than what we're thinking? Cause like they did look good against the Bengals. Like they, they've held them off to get that win. Here's and then my thing. You play the reigning Super Bowl champs to really, you should have beat them and, in all and, honesty. And I don't want to get into it too much right now, but they're better with Herbert. Let's just leave it there and I'll get my yeah. spiel later. That's for sure. They are definitely better with Herbert. No doubt. Um, so do you have any, cause for panic if you're a Chiefs fan here that you're getting played this close by a fringe playoff team, really? No. I'd have had a cause for panic if they couldn't have came back and won this game. 
It kind of reminds me of the Detroit game from last year where they played them really close, kind of panicked there at the end, and then the Chiefs just find a way to win the game. So yep. uh, Andy Reid will do that. So Would rather have the slip-ups this point of the season if I'm them rather than week, week 16, 14, 17, 15. Yeah, yep. For sure. Uh, and then uh, there's really not too much you can say about this team. Like the Ravens just go into Reliant Stadium, just dominated this game in every aspect. Offense, defense, special teams dominated this game. Uh, Lamar looks like he's on pace for maybe another MVP. Like it's Cam, Lamar, Patty, Russ. Th- those yeah. are your those are your MVP candidates right now. And really, I'm super biased for Cam. Like he's played out of his mind. Even there's some distance between him and and the rest of them. Like, I think Lamar and Russ are head and shoulders better than the, even Patty and and Cam. So, thirty three sixteen, the Ravens get a huge win against Deshaun and the Texans. Like, uh, the defense is going to be the biggest thing to talk about. Like yep. that Ravens defense is going to finish top five, and the offense is going to finish top five. If that's not a recipe for a Super Bowl, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Uh. So you got anything to add to that? No, no. Uh, yeah, what I say is irrelevant. They shit stomped them. So. Yeah, and they, I mean, they really did. Like, it was, there was a shit pumping for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the final game of the week, the the best game of the week, for sure. This game was back and forth. This was a heavyweight fight. Um, honestly, the Pats left a lot of points on the board. So as a Pats fan, I'm kind of happy with, with the result. Uh, kind of got a bitter taste, but... I liked how we looked. The Pats drop a close one in CenturyLink Field, uh, 30 to 35. What do you got on this one, Don? I I, I don't know if I'm going to rant too much, but I do. Okay. I was going to say, I'll keep it short and sweet because, honestly, there's not too much for me to really say. I think the Pats look good. Like, I think the Pats look good, and I think the Hawks look good. Like, I think it was just two good teams going at it on Sunday Night Football. The one thing, and I talked to you about this earlier, is – you're at the one-yard line with an untimed down going to win the game. And like I said, I, I misspoke earlier. I said a bad play call. I didn't mean as in like, no, you don't put the ball in Cam's hands, but you certainly don't go too tight with basically what I call two sniffers that, on your wings. Like, yeah. Especially like when Zach Tackett said, hey, they call you come out of that formation, they call a timeout, you come straight back out in it. I, like, dude, I would never have expected the Bill Belichick team to do that. But they did it, and we seen mm. the and we seen the you know result. That's the only critique I have from last night. That's literally it. Other than that, they look good. In fairness, okay, so in fairness, uh, less Bill Belichick, more Josh McDaniels, right? But that's a credit to Belichick, right? Is he lets his coaches coach? He, mm-hmm. I've, I, I'm a I'm a Patriots nerd. For those of you who don't know, like I, I sit down and watch documentary after documentary about like Bill's coaching philosophy and like all the game sounds stuff like that, right? So Bill is on record of saying, in that situation, you our offensive coordinator is going to call the play. I just want him to call what he thinks is our best play, yep. and that's what McDaniel's did. That has been our best play. We've scored on that play four times this year. Okay, what I would have liked to see is you come out in that same formation after the timeout, right? So you're going to see what they line up in. Shift. Okay? Shift. Yeah, exactly. Motion. Okay, so you you come out in that bunch sniffer package that you want to call it, right? And then you split two guys out. Mm-hmm. So then now you're two by two. Everything in the world is wide open. you got one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league, and, and 
easily the best goal line quarterback in the league with just how big he is. Like, I definitely would have liked that. But without getting too long-winded on on just the last drive, let's let's give credit where credit is due. Like, Russ put up five touchdowns against the best secondary in football. And DK actually too. We needed like even DK played well against the shadow coverage from Gilmore. DK did play well. Okay, first of all, uh, I want to tap myself on the back again. Uh, At service yesterday, my buddies tried to tell me that Gilmore would be on Tyler Lockett and not not DK Metcalf. I said, "You're absolutely crazy. That just is not his strength. He's gonna play on the bigger, slower receiver. Like you're crazy." Um. And he did. Now, and the touchdown to DK that Russ made when he scrambled out, right, dropped it right in the bread basket. Mm-hmm. DK got Gilmore on a double move, but Gilmore recovered and put himself in perfect position. Like, oh, yeah. you cannot play that better if you're Gilmore. It no. just so happens, yeah. though, you couldn't have made a better throw. I've not seen a better throw in my life. That's the best throw I've seen, period. Like, Russ is legit if he doesn't win mvp this year the cards are just stacked against him (laughs) oh like that's crazy um but uh, again uh credit where credit's due russ looked amazing uh they torched the pats defense the pats defense is still very good like i liked what i saw from them last night it's just russ made the place and if you're in perfect position and they just throw a perfect ball there's nothing you can do um so going forward like i'm so I'm a Pats fan. There are no such things as moral victories, right? The standard is the standard for the Patriots. With that being said, that's the best I've felt after a loss in a long, long time. Yep. Because coming into this season, the expectations were, like, maybe steal the division from the Bills, a playoff win, maybe an AFC championship game appearance, nothing crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, after last night, the standard is back. It's Super Bowl or bust. That's what this team looked like. Like last night was pro- potentially a Super Bowl matchup, like a Super Bowl preview. Like that was, they looked very good. Now the the Pats have a gauntlet ahead of them. Okay, you have to still go through the Chiefs. You have to still go through the Ravens. But as far as a complete team that now has it together on offense and has the defense to be able to back it up. That's my expectation now. AFC Championship game at a minimum. Super Bowl appearance would be nice. A a ring is not out of the question. From what I saw, I mean, I it could just be my homerism like coming out, but they look good. Like I'm on record saying, I think the Seahawks are the best team in football to this point. If you're playing the best team in football that close, there's no reason why you can't make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, but. Yeah, so that'll wrap up our uh, week two pre or recap. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, we got the Seahawks winning thirty-five to thirty, and now we will get into our recurring segment. So we will start it off with, "You're stupid." You stupid. They're not. What's nine plus ten? Twenty-one. You stupid. You're stupid. So we're going to look back at a couple takes that uh, we regret and that make ourselves look stupid. So, GTD, I will let you start. Where and why were you stupid? Oh, well, on the record, I said a lot of things that turned out stupid. But. It's true. Me too. But. I had this Minnesota Vikings team winning this division. Yeah. And let me just tell you. 
they couldn't win the peewee tournament over here at Shelby Valley High School. Well, this team right here, man, I just didn't tell you. And I thought they were a lot more, like, I still think they got a lot more talent on that team than what they're showing, than what they're showcasing. But my goodness, man, they have just, like, been bullied for two games, for two straight weeks. And we'll see if they can turn around. But I'm, you know, I'm hopping off. I'm a fish after two weeks, and I'm and I'm not one to I'm not one to early in the season, kind of throw out what I say. But I'm throwing it out. The Vikings are not winning this division. The Green Bay Packers are taking this division, and the Vikings are potentially finishing third, and and maybe even fourth. Like they might even finish fourth. Time will tell. Might be close, yeah. But yeah, yeah I am. Uh, I am off the Vikings bandwagon. Throw them out. Let's retract all the pods where I said they was going to win. I never said it, but sadly I did, and I'm and I'm out on them. Well, Don, I uh, I hate to say it, but you're stupid. Yeah, I'm really stupid. <laughs> I can't really say too much. Uh, so I'll I'll start mine off. I I have two for you this week. So first of all. Away from football, I said that the Stars had zero chance of winning this series against the Lightning uh, for the Stanley Cup Final. And based on game one, I'm just the biggest silly goose of all time. Like, the Stars were more physical. They were puck hungry. They cycled the puck way better. They held their forecheck much longer. They backchecked way better than the Lightning. Like, literally every facet of the game, they dominated. Dobby stood on his head. So, for that... I'm stupid. <laughs> in the same sentence, or in the same kind of uh, realm of, of GTDs, I had the Atlanta Falcons winning <laughs> South. I had not only that, I said that they would win the NFC South by two games. I forgot that, that Quinn was the head coach of that football team. Because, Wow. And I don't want to pour salt in the wound, but I think you also forgot that the Saints are in this division. I actually had the the same way. Yeah, yeah, I know, dude. (laughs) But the same way I must have forgot that Aaron Rodgers exists (laughs) in the NFC North. I don't know what happened to us, but, you know, I think we were just trying to get a little five head going just in case it did happen. Well, so I got to say it to you. Now it's your turn to return the favor. Ian Crookshank. As always, oh, you're stupid. Old. That was ugly. That was ugly. You know, just put a little extra GTD flavor on there. That's a real douche move, but uh, that's all right. Uh, and so now to my favorite segment. I, I really enjoy this one. I think it's really interesting. The good, the bad, and the unlucky. Again, GTD, I will kick it over to you. We'll start with your good. Mm, my good. Now, for the listeners, just by the way, me and Ian have no clue what each other put down for this. So if we do repeat one one another's, we will say, hey, that's what we have, but we will improvise and do another. So my good, man. I got this I got this Chargers team and Justin Herbert. Like I am literally lo- I loved watching Herbert play yesterday. Yeah. The man played solid football. Literally, I'll make some throws, you know, when I have to, because this is the NFL. I'll put it in those windows, but I'm also going to take what you give me. This is also right. a fundamental right. game. 
So, and he looked for it, especially as a prize start. Dude. This man did not know he was starting until he was literally on the field in the pads. And they're like, hey, Bert, I mean, uh, hey, Herbert, guess what, dude? We're throwing you out to the Wolves today. To Kansas City. Like, you're going against Kansas City. Good luck. And this man had him down. Made Patrick Mahomes come back and beat this team. Uh, and it went to OT. Like, honestly, I could not say enough. And I know I'm giving all this credit to Herbert. And honestly, rightfully so. This offense looks so much better with him in it. But I also give credit to this defense. This oh, yeah. defense, dude, held this Chiefs team to 23 points uh, yesterday. And phenomenal performance all around. So, you know, hands to yeah, hands to the Chargers. That is my good for this week, the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a very good pick. Uh, my good, uh, I'm actually going to take it kind of in a different direction. Uh, I'm going to say it's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, after that week one win over the 49ers, which a lot of people were calling like the upset of week one right there in line with the Jags over the Colts week one. Um they had an opportunity to come out this week and kind of prove to people that it wasn't a fluke. And, you know, they were favored against the Washington football team, but to come out and not only win, to win in the fashion that they won, just a dominant performance from start to finish. Like there was never a question that they were going to win that game. I think they kind of – people are starting to take notice now. Like, okay, this yeah. Cardinals team might be legit because it's those kind of games. It's like you call it like a letdown spot. Right, you're coming off an emotional victory over your division rival in Week One, who you're you're a big underdog against. You beat them outright. You come into Week Two against an inferior opponent. Most people call that a letdown spot. They not only beat them, they double them up. Yep. So, y'all take the cards as my good. Um, GTD, back to you for your bad. Who was your bad for Week Two? I, I can you guess who I got for this one? By the way, uh. Is the colors black and red or purple? If I tell you that, it gives it away. <laughs> it's got to be one of those two teams. Just take your best guess. I'm going to say it's the Vikings. The bad for this week is the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. This, the, and I'm not even going to go into detail. We talked about it so much earlier. I mean, I'm, like I said, I get exhausted talking about it. I get exhausted watching them blow yeah. leads. They look like a freaking... Super Bowl contender in the first half with four takeaways in the first quarter. Up 19 points. And then you let the Dallas Cowboys rally back and beat you 40 to 39. Like, that's bad. Like, I, I'm bad. not even, like, at first I was like, unlucky? No. This ain't unlucky. You had a 19-point lead. Like, that's just bad. So, yeah, that they're my bad column this week. And, you know, history repeats itself. And we've seen that on Sunday. Um. So yeah, they're bad. They stink. They suck. Done. They're I'm out. <laughs> You're out on the Falcons, huh? Well, not that offense, but that defense just won't allow them to do anything. So yeah, I'm I'm just wiping them clean. I ain't betting them no more. I'm not going. I say that I might be like big cat, and I may just can't quit the Falcons. But for week <laughs> two, going into week three, I'm quitting the Falcons. Yeah, I I'm out on. Quinn, for sure. I'm not out on the Falcons. I think they still might have a chance to win that division. There's too much talent on that roster to say otherwise. But that was horrible. No doubt about that. My bad uh, is, is really going to surprise you, I think. Uh -oh. I'm, I'm going to say it's the Buffalo Bills. 
Okay, okay. To come out. It's a little AFC East hatred in there, but. See, what's crazy is, like, I really don't even hate the Bills. Like, they were, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the last time the Bills beat the Pats. Like, I just, they're not even a rival. Like, Bills fans are kind of. like <laughs> the Bills, humble brag. Yeah, just Bills like... fans are just kind of cute to me. Like, I think their whole shtick is kind of cute. Like, they're they're just there. But I, I just I wasn't impressed with what I saw against the Bills playing a vastly inferior opponent in the Dolphins. And then the Bills come out and I mean they to their credit, they found a way to win. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you're expecting if you're going to push the Pats for this division, okay, you're gonna have to play a little bit better football than what they did. They were sloppy, they gave up a few big plays. They really miscommunicated a few big times. Like, I, I just don't see that team that I saw yesterday against the Dolphins living up to the hype of dethroning the Pats as AFC East champs. Yep. Maybe they fix it. But yesterday, they looked bad. That looked like a Bills-Dolphins game from the early 2010s where they're fighting for fourth in the division. Like, they were horrible. Yep. It was a tough one to watch. So, for that... Uh, I have the Bills as my bad. Uh, and then this week, I think the unlucky segment could go a million different ways. Oh, Wait, yeah. so I think we might here? actually have the same thing here. I it got a weird feeling in my stomach that we get the same thing. Because my unlucky team of this week won big. And that's the we San Francisco the 49ers. Page. Yeah, I knew the it. San, yeah, we're on the same page for uh, sure. The San Francisco 49ers literally could not catch a break this week. Like, you lose your star defensive end in Bosa. You lose Raheem Moster at least for, I don't know what the timeline is. So he's already ruled out week three. Yeah. Uh, Tim McComas probably. Tim McComas banged up. Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, high and don't know yeah. what he's going to do there. Um, just just a bad go-around for the Niners um, this week as far as injuries go. And I could have said a million different teams. I could have said the Colts. I could have said the Niners. I could have said the Giants. I could have, like, I could literally said anything and been justified and unlucky. But I'm going to say the Niners just because it seems like they had just you know, a team that was looking at Super Bowl aspirations last year and coming back in with those same expectations this mm-hmm. year, just absolutely getting demoralizing uh, injuries this early on. That's like, my team of week two. Especially, I'm 100%, and, like, I'm not going to even change it. That They are the unluckiest team for sure because if you think about what they did this week, right, you beat the Jets – by double digits. You yep. did what you're supposed to do against the Jets. It was a perfect rebound opportunity for them, and that's exactly what they did. In the process, you lose your starting quarterback probably for one week minimum. You lose your starting running back also for one week minimum, probably two to three. You lose maybe the best defensive player in the league in Nick Bosa. Like, you win by double digits – but at what cost? Yeah, a big like, cost. Like a big price tag on that one. Like that's that's horrible for them. And so for that, they are by far the unluckiest team. Like you said, you could have went a couple different directions. The Giants losing Saquon this early in the season, that sucks, period. You lose him ever, you lose him this early on a team that has a bunch of talent, yep. that sucks. 
the Colts had a bunch of injuries pile up on them. Hooker on the back end sucks for that team. Sucks, sucks, sucks. Uh, a bunch of huge injuries elsewhere around the league. Like the injuries this week really pop. Honestly, if I was going to take it in a, in a different direction, I would take it to this. I think Roger Goodell is unlucky because the star power that was lost this week to injury is crazy. Cortland Sutton done for the year. CMC out for a couple weeks. Saquon, you're talking about names who put faces of the league. Seats. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's who people come to watch. They come to watch the superstars. Make no mistake about it. The NFL is a more team sport than any other league, hands down. Yep. But it is still driven by the superstars. Yes, sir. And you lose those guys, that's tough. Yep. And who's and actually? Let's just go back. We've already gave credit where credits due as far as unlucky, like for these players, for these teams, for the commissioner of this league. You want to know who else is freaking unlucky? Us, the fans, yeah, the fans. Because we don't get it. You know, we don't get to see the absolutely amazing talent that runs around on that football field every Sunday. Yeah. The 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 plays it's made that literally make our eyes pop wide open and go, "Oh man, I love football!" Like this is why I love football. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fans, the fantasy managers. Actually, I just tell you, everybody's unlucky. Stuff like this happens just to everybody's unlucky. Like it just sucks for everybody, dude. No, no doubt about it. Yeah, you hit that right on the head. Uh, it goes back, you know, we touched on a little bit earlier. Like no camp, really. Uh, no preseason games. Like limited contact in the in yep. the practices that they did have. Like that's huge. It makes a huge difference. And like, so going back now. So now we'll wrap things up. These are just some closing talking points. Like going back to how you said that T Y. Uh, had some uncharacteristic drops. That's that's honestly probably why, right? Because if you look, yeah. you have the preseason, you have camps, you have all these seven-on-sevens where you develop that chemistry with your QB, and now we just didn't have that this year. Yep. So, like, that's huge for especially timing. And in an offense like the Colts where timing is almost everything, to not have that for someone like T.Y. and Phil, like, you're going from having Jacoby throw your balls to Phil. Like, obviously the balls are going to feel a little bit different coming off their hand. Like, I think that really plays into it. So, I, if I were you, I wouldn't be too discouraged by what you're seeing with T.Y. just because it's so early, I'm sure. Now, if it, like you said, if it persists, yep. tough. But I, I think it's one of those things that they'll work out uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah. hope so. Yeah. Uh so that, that'll wrap us up. Uh, obviously, we can give you the week two recap, uh, hit you with some segments, uh, did a little bubble talk. Uh, so keep an ear out for our next episode dropping later this week. We should record uh, Wednesday, so it'll be out uh, Wednesday night into Thursday morning for your Thursday commute. Um, we are still working on getting some T-shirts together. I, I've been promising those for a while. Uh, I'm trying to get the logo situation uh kind of situated and taken care of so those will be out and for sale uh for you guys we'll drop a preview of those uh we shall have our first sponsor on thursday's show so keep an ear out for that some exciting news there uh and we got some some new podcasts coming your way dropping this week as well so kind of stay tuned um follow the twitter account follow the instagram account uh facebook is on the way as well uh, keep subscribing to the YouTube account. Uh, all the support means a lot, guys, really, uh, in the in the beginning days of this uh, company. So we really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we will catch you next time. Peace.
she sucked at Jimmy so got cash out. Told him wipe but Jimmy no. Say slap slap. I will never sell my soul. I can beg that, and I really wanna know. I'm like what's on tap? I was up back with a stash at. Was the city in a bulletproof Cadillac? Did I knew that Jimmy's asking where the bag at? Gotta move smart, gotta move harder. Yeah, we gotta get me for my water. I lay that sound on my son and my daughter. I had the great go with me, Dwayne Hunter. All the Jimmy's out here playing in bone. I done put my whole arm in the rim, bitch Carter. And I know I probably got a key for the quarter. Trying to bury a seat in double C's as a sweater. Got a bitch that looking like his mom, she immortal. I got the pink slip on my whips, the key list. Copy, I'm about to get the key to the city. Had it like to see if we're clean at the group in the lot. Told a bunch of rough looks right. Busting all the bills out the back. I just hit a lip with a box. Had to put a stick in the box. Pull off the whole damn seal. I'ma get lazy. I got the mojo deals. We were driving like the eighties. He sucked at Jimmy so got cash out. Told a white but Jimmy no. Say slap slap. I will never sell my soul. And I can beg that. And I really wanna know. I'm like, what's on tap? Ha ha ha, but boom with the mouth. It's Jimmy with his head, he got the blues in the pouch. Took it to the forest, put the wood in her mouth. Bitch, don't wear no shoes in my house. The crab will fly in and never fly again. I take my kids in the traffic. Stuck in my dick, no hands. But I just made a really plan like a landing strip. I'm a 2020 president candidate. I done put a hundred bands on Zimmerman shit. I've been moving real kids since this watch, I got a picture. Shall we call me Weezer? Cause I have asthma. Got at the mic. There's nothing you could tell me. When I had your mom, I was street wealthy. You ain't have to group me a lot. Total fuck, twelve fuck, twat. Pussing all the bells out the box. I just hit a lip with a box. I didn't put a stick in the box.